yeah back then i really thought it was like a it was the kind of job that only genius level <laughs> <laughs> sort of people could work and then you met me and you, yeah, and basically yeah. and then how you you knew ah if this dumbass can do it then you yeah. know i can do it too yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, sup, y'all. This time around, uh, I'm sitting down with two of my best friends, So Sakaguchi and Kodai Kabuno. We're going to talk about the mentorship experience in Bug Bounty. And we're going to talk about not only the ins and outs of how to do mentorship and uh, you know f- uh, facts about how to do it, but we're also going to talk about the messy thing that is learning Bug Bounty, what kind of difficulties come up, what kind of ways mentors can be counterproductive and uh, what kind of lessons we've learned along the way in building, you know, sort of the mentor-mentee relationship. I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. I will also add in this segment, um, we forgot to do the giveaway. <laughs> uh, and we, we were supposed to do it two weeks ago, and then we didn't, and we got caught up with live hacking event stuff. So congrats to at NChickens on Twitter for winning the uh, Jay Haddock's The Bug Bounty Hunting Methodology uh, giveaway. It's going to be an awesome course. I'm super excited for you. Um, for those of you that uh, didn't win, my condolences, but you can still get a seat um, by hitting the description, hitting the link in the description down below to go to uh, Jay Haddix's website and sign up there. It's probably the best $550 you'll ever spend. So with that, I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, you guys see this? It is. We have started the recording this time. We just Heck yeah. <laughs> we just got like you know five minutes into the episode. We we went through our a little pre pre episode warm up, pre episode shake, uh, and then we realized we are not recording the audio at all, just the video. <laughs> so sorry about that. A little bit of a false start. Um, but thanks for coming on. Uh, just for the audience, these two guys, these two lovely gentlemen right here are some of my best friends from the time that I was living in Japan. Um, and yeah, man, just so many so many good memories with you guys um, in Japan. And uh, during, you know, being the bug bounty evangelist that I am, I, uh, you know, had a conversation with these guys about bug bounty and both of them have expressed interest. So has already gotten a, a job in the field, um, as he'll tell you in just a moment. But both of them have uh, sort of, expressed a desire to work in uh, cybersecurity in general, specifically offensive cybersecurity and or bug bounty uh, as a career path. So um, we started to do some mentorship, some training, and that sort of things. And that's kind of what I was thinking about, uh, thinking we would talk about today is like, what is a good blueprint? What is a good good pathway for a beginner to take coming into bug bounty? And, And for people... The more advanced listeners that are that are here, uh, which is most of our audience, if you have someone that you're working with that you want to help grow in Bug Bounty, how can you effectively do that? So hopefully these two have brought some good constructive criticism for me today. We'll see if uh, if they're able to put aside their uh, <laughs> Japanese uh, tendencies about saying, "Oh, everything's great, everything's <laughs> great," you know. We'll see. And uh, and and give me some actual constructive criticism. But um, before we jump into that, let's. Um, I'll, we'll go ahead and do a, an interview. 
And since, uh, or an intro, and since on the false start, we had So start his in- intro, we're going to have Kodai start his <laughs> intro this time just to keep you on your toes. <laughs> I, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for mm-hmm. having us on this podcast. I'm mm-hmm. really happy to talk to you on this. And uh, my name is Kodai. Um, I also go by the name of Kodai Chodai, which is my hack handle. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm currently not really working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'm in search of new opportunities Mm. yeah i'm in the process of actually applying for a couple of japanese cybersecurity companies and you've already graduated right yeah yeah uh i guess that's about it yeah 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 so uh anybody who's in the japan cybersecurity space hit hit kodai up if you've got any (laughs) hit me up (laughs) any any opportunities and uh well I guess maybe we'll circle around to that again after you've listened to Kodai talk in this podcast about his experiences and what kind of stuff we've worked on together in the bug bounty realm. Um, all right, so you're up next. So my name is So, uh, and my hackathon account is uh, Mokuso. Uh, and I started bug bounty and cybersecurity stuff from three years ago, thanks to Justin. Also, now I'm working as a full-time uh, security engineer at the GMO. Uh, Japanese company. Mm. Would you say? Would you say that it's a security engineer position? It's it's pretty much entirely offensive security, right? Yeah, it's like a web application tester. Web application tester. Yeah, nice. also doing a bit of like uh, bug bounty as a hobby. Also nice. Like trying to find some CVs and stuff. Nice. That's also another hobby. Very cool, man. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so I guess let's since So's already got the mic. Uh, when did you start? getting interested in bug bounties and give us a little background education background and then how you switched sort of skirt change 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 paths into bug bounty so i think that was uh that was exactly three years ago right oh, really? three years ago yeah. october yeah right pretty much yeah pretty much this day right yeah this season wow. so i was a as a senior of of university in japan and my major was French regional studies, so I was studying French, and also do some like what uh, what what university was that in Japan? <laughs> the Tokyo University. Tokyo University, yeah. uh, top university in Japan. <laughs> no. uh, so just, let's but, let's just put that out the Harvard of Japan of sorts. Let's let's put that out is, there. All right, continue. So, yep. So I wanted to be like I I didn't have like a specific dreams, but uh, that time I kind of want to be a diplomat because I thought it's cool. Also, I was studying English and French, so I thought it would be a great fit for me. Right. So that was like three years ago. And then I met Justin at a, like a Bible study of, mm-hmm. of my church mm. in Yokohama and started to hang out with him. And so one day we went on a trip together and there like he kind of introduced me uh, about like what he does, also like his job and Bhagwani and stuff. And I got interested. And that's how I got, I got started. Yeah, man. So I just, I think that experience is a little bit kind of crazy to me looking back on it because I remember the time the conversation So and I had when he, you know, and at this point you had no IT experience at all. Yeah, zero. Like not even really using the computer for anything besides no. just schoolwork, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to for him to be like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm really interested in that. I would like to learn how to do that. Mm. My my first reaction is like, of course, you know, this guy is smart because he's at this university and because I've had conversations with him. But the chances of you actually doing that were very slim, <laughs> in my opinion, in my experience, right? And so when you said that, I was like, okay, 
Um, I'm going to give you some reading material. Okay. Yeah. And, and I gave you some reading material and what was something amazing happened, which was that the next time I talked to you, you had read it all. Mm. <laughs> right. Which, yeah. which, which doesn't sound that crazy, but it, but it really is. You had read it all. And, um, and you not only had you done that, but I remember you came back to me and you said, Hey, so at this one point in this one piece of material, it references application JSON. And I didn't know what that was. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I was looking that up and then like, you know, you had some question about JSON structure. Yeah. So it showed that you went another layer deeper in the learning material as well, um, which really made it made an impact on me and really impressed me with that. So, um, you know, that's that's why we kind of moved forward with the with the bug bounty, I think, piece for you, um, or at least with the more active hands-on mentorship, because that was a that was a really impressive uh, moment moment for for me. And so, th- diving into that first, I don't know how clear of a memory you have of this, but diving into that first material, how was that? I mean, do do you remember being particularly lost, or how did you how did you take that first step? Because the first step is a big one. So, so first first of all, I I think one thing I really remember. Is like, cause Justin told me that he's a uh, doing bug bounty, and seems like you know he's good at it. So I checked Hakaon website, and I saw him ranking at like eleventh or like twelfth at yeah. like annual ranking. Yeah, and that was like probably one of the most like like bi- like the biggest things to me. And as like if you know if you're good at something, that's good. If you're good at like if you ranks. At like eleventh in the world, that's impressive. Like not just mm. impressive, that's like a pretty good, right? Like super good. Mm. And if your friend ranks at eleventh in the world at something, then you gotta learn that, right? Mm. You gotta at least know like that's the basics, a very, right? That's a very weird way of thinking about. It. Like, like yeah, because that's I such feel- a precious opportunity. There are like only eleven people, right, at the same level. So right. that's how I got interested. And for the material that you gave me. That's like really hard because, mm. like I like you said, I I didn't know what JSON is. I didn't know what PHP is. Mm. Like I really have no idea what like any concept of anything in the books were. But so that was really hard. But also I was like, this looks pretty like interesting because I know nothing about this. Mm. You know? And so you know, every time you came across something new, it's just starting sort of a recursive process of like. Now I go read about that, right? And then you know you dive deeper on that. Um, and I think the fact that you were able to do that is is really really impressive, and is probably one of the key indicators of your success to this point. Um, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Could I? Um, so I guess the question that I wanted to ask you is a little bit different than the question that I wanted to ask So for this one. Um, so So and I had already started sort of doing some hacking stuff when you I guess got more interested in it. But I also feel like there was some sort of pre-interest, or at least pre-time when you expressed interest to me that you that you wanted to be, you know, get into hacking. What what kind of um, what kind of experiences did you have prior? What kind of stuff did you look up? What kind of image image of hacking did you have prior to saying, "Hey, Justin, I'd like to learn more about bug bounty." Hmm. Wow, that's a really good question. I think yeah, I think it goes all the way back to when I was 13 or 14. That's when I was first introduced to the world of hacking technically. Mm. Yeah, I basically watched this 
documentary-ish thing by a Japanese TV program. It was about this American hacker guy uh, named Max Butler, I oh. think. Yeah, also known as Iceman. Ah. And he was basically working for FBI, but surreptitiously doing some black hat hacking. Oh, really? Yeah, stealing wow, so many that's, credit card that's numbers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that, in a way, yeah, to be perfectly honest, really fascinated me. It wasn't like, mm. hey, I want to steal credit card numbers and right, right, get rich right. as well. Right. No, but I was just, you know, I think it was the, the capability he had, you know, over mm. the world of the internet. Yeah. Yeah, because it was physically basically just him and his laptop right right so i was like holy shit like yeah can really one person do that it, it definitely appeals to you know the the more individualistic type you know you know because it like you said it is you and your laptop against all the defenses or the world yeah. you know at that point mm. so yeah so that was super nuts and but at that time i never really looked at it as a realistic career path mm. that mm. i might be able to take because yeah, back then I really thought it was like a, it was the kind of job that only genius level <laughs> <laughs> sort of people could work. And then you met me, and you, yeah, and basically. Then, yeah. And then how you you knew uh, if this dumbass can do it, then you yeah. know I can do it too. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Just kidding. <laughs> but but you really made me. You know, you really sort of proved that you can. Mm. you know work that as a job mm, mm. yeah you know yeah. as an ethical hacker right and if you reach a certain level i mean it could be very very high but once you reach it then you might be able to live nomadically which was mm. you know something i was always sort of dreaming of doing yeah so. I, re I remember talking i was talking about this that was mm. that was one of the the end goals for you in general was to be able to I guess work remotely and even further knee, further. Man, my, my Japanese is, is getting in the way. Because whenever I have a conversation with these guys, I, I, we switch out of, yeah. in and out of Japanese and, and, and English. So it gets in the way. But we'll try to keep it English for this. So yeah. furthermore, mm. you know, if you're able to do that on your own schedule, right? On your own timeline, that's a big plus for you. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I remember. I remember you mentioning that in the beginning. So that's that's one of the main, I guess, motivators for you too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 definitely that's definitely a big. You know, that was one of the. That's the thing that brought me to Japan in the first place was the fact that I could work remotely and working on my own own time schedule. Mm. That was really that was really big. Um, could I? Uh, so then, you know, we started talking a little bit. You started seeing me. And so start working on stuff, yeah. And it starts to sort of materialize in your brain. Hey, this is a this is a, a route that you you could go. Um, I guess I think I know So's answer to this already because So just straight from the beginning, So was like, okay, wait, I've never even heard of this. Okay, teach me, you know. So there wasn't any sort of pre research before you and me sort of establishing a, a, a mentee mentor relationship, you know. But for you, Kodai, was there any research you did into hacking? Or like that before you got started? Uh, kind of, yeah. Mm. I also did the, you know, uh, one of the things that so did, mm. just, you know, looking up your name. Yeah. <laughs> and because I, you know, before I met you, I basically heard that, you know, from one of our uh, mutual friends that mm. you're basically 
one of the best hackers out there. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Right. And then I, you know, looked it up and wow. But I was, it was still, it seemed really unrealistic to me, you know, because mm. I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with cybersecurity or anything right. or IT in general, right? But I think, yeah, in that sense, so really showed me that without having any, you know. Uh, yeah, he was a French major. Yeah. Yeah, just it, IT or, you know, programming experiences, you could actually start it. So, mm. yeah, I think after watching him uh, doing some hacking, mm. you know, doing some mentorship with you, mm. I, yeah, finally made a decision to, you know, do the same thing. Look, my, look, <laughs> my, my guys, my guys, I love it. And, and you know, So and I have, have had, you know, so many good hacking experiences together already as well. And, and Kodai, we've had a, a handful as well. Um, and so it's so great to be able to do this job with you guys, you know, even, even as the, uh, you know, as the gap begins to close a little bit in knowledge and, and so starts teaching me stuff about stuff, things that I don't know. And, and, uh, and, you know, as you continue to grow there as well, Kodai, I think it'll be even more fun. Um, so it's happened so oh, yeah. it's happened well you know here's the other thing man i think as as a mentor you when you're having to re-explain stuff as well you start oh, to yeah. question oh, yeah. right like for example the time i tried to you know do a c-surf and i deleted your <laughs> i deleted his like go-to music account via c-surf because it had account. a right, premium account uh and i learned some stuff about uh same site strict cookies that mm. day right um, so as we continue to grow together, not, not just, you know, you guys growing, but I grow as well. So that's really cool. Um, the next question that I had, and I guess I should probably pick one of you to answer this. Yeah, let's, let's hear from so. Um, so can you think of any time where you sort of had like a aha moment that where you, you really started to understand some piece of, of hacking or has it just been really, really gradual? I'd say it's been always really, really gradual, mm. and always like looking backward, I I'm like, oh, I've made a bit of progress, right? You know, right. over the last few months or over the last year, something mm. like that. Yeah, so so probably not any any like, you know, all of a sudden the lights come no, on and never, you can see never. moment on any of that stuff. Yeah, I, I I suspected that that would be the case. Um, for you, so I mean, I guess we started off. I guess working in in the same way that I we started working with with Kodai, which is access control uh, vulnerabilities and XSS and and uh, IDORs and stuff like that. Um, do you think that's the same route you would take now? Uh, do you think that you would change any of that at all, um, or or do you think that that is the correct path to get you to where to where you're at? You can think about that for a second if you need to. Yeah, I guess if someone starts from where I was, which is like absolutely zero. Mm. basics like zero knowledge on cybersecurity or like even like computer science as a whole mm. i think that was the correct route because mm. like now it's like one of the you know one of the easy ones right mm. Mm. but like three years ago i could barely understand like what access control bugs are mm. and how i can exploit that like the same for idor mm. i mean of course if you go further with like a Bishop Fox JSON search and stuff. Right. They're more complex IDOR things. But like easy parts of IDOR and access controls is I think comparatively easier to understand 
for like beginners like me three years ago. So、mm-hmm. I think it was a good route. Yeah, I I kind of wish we had recorded this podcast a little bit closer to our. It's been about what? It's almost it's been about two years, maybe a year, if we count some of the time you were in America,、um, since we really did some hardcore hands-on mentorship, right?、Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I'm sure some of that has faded a little bit now.、Um, you know, the 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 techniques and and the way that I I sort of taught some bug bounty stuff, but the way the way if if I recall correctly that we Approached this was, you know, we we first explained、um, what happens when you put a URL in a browser, right?、Mm-hmm. And and hopefully, you know, at that time, you know, we we I we drilled that pretty often. We did that a lot, right?、Um, and and I think that's, you know, once you have that sort of foundation in place, then then you can start moving on to those those sort of vulnerabilities. Do you think you had? Because we we probably went over that part of it ten fifteen times, right? What happens from from all right? User puts the URL in the browser. You know, it converts the domain name into it parses the URL, pulls out the domain name, converts the na- domain name into an IP via DNS, and then it instantiates the TCP connection. We, you know, we went through all of that probably ten fifteen times. Do you think that having that basis allowed you to grip something like IDOR and access control bugs a little bit? A little bit easier, or do you think it would have just been better to just be like, "Hey, here's an HTTP request. This HTTP request, you know, controls how the computer talks to the server. Rotate the ID. See, see the vulnerability. I mean, what wh- what do you think? Do you think that's too deep? He just said he he just said in Japanese. Ah,、oh, that's a tricky one.、Uh, I'm, I'm gonna think about that for a second. So, yeah, I guess for one,、mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't say I've mastered like TCP stuff. Right, right. And like, yeah, still I I see we learn all these things.、Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I have to learn some like HTTP two things,、mm-hmm. like you know, I just always realize that I don't understand absolutely. Like anything, right? But right. everyone has that moment. Um,、uh, I think basic was necessary, and also like at the end of the day, you have to learn that, right?、Mm. So I think learning just basics. Ah,、uh, mm. I don't know if it's related.、Uh, I don't know little... if it's related. Okay, okay, all right. No, no, no. I like I like this take. This is I don't know if you guys know this English vocabulary word, but hot take. Have you you guys Kodai knows that, so doesn't know it. Uh, hot take is like a an opinion、uh, that is different than you know one might expect or what popular culture believes, right? So this is this is a hot.、Uh, it might be a little bit of a hot take here. So so tell me about why you're changing your mind a little bit on this. So one,、uh, so for, so the one of the reasons I was learning cybersecurity and hacking from you three years ago was like I said because you're like one of the top、mm. hackers in the world. So I like didn't really matter how fast I can grow, like how much money I can get. It was just like a pure hobby,、mm. and I just wanted to understand at least basics of、mm. what you do.、Mm. So that's why you know trying trying to understand DNS stuff, TCP stuff, all these things matter to me.、Mm. So for me personally, it was necessary, and I really enjoyed that.、Mm. But at the same time, I don't. 
I'm not super sure if that helped me understand access control thing, IDOR things, like business logic things better at that time. Mm. That I'm not sure about. So, so you guys both listen to the podcast. You know that we like to debate here a little bit. We like to do some. We like to do some critical thinking. I mean, right? You like you to know, debate. I like to debate. So I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna play some devil's advocate. I'm gonna take you know the other side for a little bit. But first, I want to hear Kodai's Kodai's opinion. So Kodai, same sort of question. Is it important to know that piece that I talked about when you put the URL in the browser? What happens before you start learning things like IDOR and access control vulnerabilities? Yeah, that definitely was necessary for me. Yeah. And yeah, in that sense, that was a really good start. Um, because I feel like that was the really, at least to me, the mm. bare minimum mm. that I really needed to actually mm. go. Uh, look for some bugs. Mm, I mean, mm. in this case, only idors, but yeah, yeah. So, and obviously, I didn't really, you know, at that time when I when you just you know explained how yeah, just starting from you know just messing with the with the URL um, URL bar and mm -hmm. just how briefly like all the HTTP messages mm -hmm. you know work. Um, I didn't have a comprehensive understand understanding of you know how idors could actually happen and stuff mm, but, right right but it's yeah. sort of foundational knowledge mm. but i could still you know as a matter of fact go find some bugs i mean mm. obviously with your help mm. but yeah so yeah that worked pretty well for yeah me. yeah and i think i think that makes sense too but uh, so so all right so let's 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 give it back to So here, and let's let's have a little little chat about this, okay? So on one hand, I do agree. I do agree that um, you know it would be possible to to search otherwise. But I think for me, and it sounds like maybe the case is for Kodai as well, it's kind of hard for us to visualize what's happening until we understand what's happening at a little bit of a lower level, right? Because like if I say to you, I mean, I guess you could understand at the level like we put a we put these HTTP requests in a box. You know, in, in this box inside a burp suite, right? And we we change the number and we press send, uh, and then that just communicates to the server. I guess we could do it at that level. But do you think it would be hard for you to grip conceptually what's happening without that explanation, or do you think really gripping what's happening conceptually, but uh, you know, comes even later after the URL explanation? What do, what do what do you think about that? Do, like, do you have to understand what's happening on the back end for you to really see the full picture? So I guess. Um... I kind of agree with uh, Kodai. Mm. Like, you know, way he put it, right? I, I'd say, you know, I kind of start to get persuaded, right? But what I, my point was, like, mm. yeah, at that level, it's related, mm. you know, but it's not directly related. So, well, it's a little bit early on, too. You know, in mm -hmm. your in your in your experience, to really have to take in a bunch of technical information mm -hmm. like RFCs, you know, reading HTTP RFC, talking about you know TCP level connections, which we'll never use ever again. Mm -hmm. So really, it's mostly the HTTP layer, right, that we need to be understanding. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I mean, like at the end of the day, like I really kind of this argument really makes. I mean, I remember the argument of, you know, hack, the, hacker, the hackers need to, like, program. Mm, mm, yeah. And, like, I think answers from most hackers are, like, not absolutely necessary, 
but absolutely helpful. Yeah. Right? So, so you like, think this is similar? Yeah, this is. I feel like this is similar. Like mm. HTTP thing, super helpful to understand IDOR. But is it like absolutely necessary? Then I don't think it it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. I, I think. I think. Uh, I think that's a really good parallel. You know, drawing drawing those parallels in between because you can you can kind of see, like, like you said, you really could find it's simple enough where you really could, if you understood the concept of IDOR, this concept of an ID, and this concept of trusting the ID from the client side, right? you could really find vulnerabilities without having to learn that. Yeah. Uh, but really, it does help. And I think that's, that's a strong parallel to programming. That's good. Okay. So let's talk about mentorship a little bit. Let's talk about the times when us three are sitting in a room, hands on the keyboard, okay? Your boy, your boy Justin's a little quirky sometimes, right? So... Uh, I have a little bit of an eccentric style or a little uh, bit of an odd style of teaching bug bounty. Um, what, what are some things that worked for you and some things that didn't work for you with the teaching, teaching style? I, I, and I, once again, I know this is a couple of years back, mm -hmm. but um, you know, I, I often, for example, to give you an example, had you teach things back to me. What, what do you think about that and other teaching styles? So first, since you got the mic. Or if you need to think, we can give it to Kodai too. All right, we'll, 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 so, so it's taking a little, <laughs> I, I, I caught so after a work day here. It's just, it's brain's taking a second. All right, uh, Kodai, what do, you, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, so yeah, your style of mentorship, you know, having us, uh, Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you get, I can see, before I we get into this, this is not supposed to be a Justin, you're amazing, bloody blah, blah <laughs> sort of session, okay? So please try yeah, yeah. to keep that to a, min a minimal, okay? Got it. This is, this mm -hmm. is supposed to be, talk to me about the efficacy of the technique, mm -hmm. okay? Okay, so this is going to be my genuine opinion. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, the thing that you just touched on, mm -hmm. you know, um, you having us uh, explain what you just explained to us, mm. that really, yeah, that's actually one of the greatest things you did for us, I guess. Mm. Yeah, it was, could be very challenging, but definitely to understand how um, almost anything, I guess, mm. you need to, you got to be able to, you know, have the capability to reproduce mm. what you just did, you know, explain what you just learned. So, yeah, that's definitely one thing I really liked about your uh, style. Do you think it was it was too stressful? I feel like I'd be lying if I said not at all. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that's the I really needed that stress, you know, mm. for my brain, and that definitely yeah pushed me to um you know spot what I didn't really understand precisely. Yeah, just troubleshooting issues properly mm, mm, mm. yeah so have you have you thought about so this this is a common technique it, it, it's it's probably interesting because you know i'm making you guys do this but really what i'm doing the technique that i'm sort of mimicking it goes way back further um and back into you know history uh sort of rooted in the socratic method um with socrates a philosopher mm -hmm. uh but uh more commonly it's used in it 
uh, a little bit a little bit different but related to topic called the rubber ducky method. Have you guys heard of that? No. Rubber duck? Yeah. 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 Okay. So has um, so essentially the way that you can reproduce this for yourselves as well is may force yourself to explain stuff mm-hmm. to inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. So a lot of programmers they'll have a rubber duck and you know a yellow rubber duck sitting on ah. their on their on their desk, right? And they'll uh, they'll explain things to that duck to try to help them figure out where the flaws in their logic are, right? And I have that with a little stuffed animal Pokemon, Dratini, on my desk. I don't know, because the Pokemon names are different in Japanese. I don't know if you know Dratini, but he's kind of like a like a lizard, ah. snaky boy. Hmm. Uh, it evolves into Big Dragon. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a technique. Have you guys used that at all in, in your life before? Or is this uh, something that I should have equipped you with years ago that might have helped? That's I've definitely used it. Yeah. yeah. Um even when I try to just practice my, you know, pronunciation in English and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I try yeah. to like Yeah. It's basically about talking to some something imaginary, right? Right. Yeah. Um yeah. I do that too. The wall, the <laughs> air. Um yeah, and I definitely, you know, do the same thing uh in cybersecurity. Yeah. Yeah. What what about you, so do you have uh you got any stuffed animals you talk to? I mean, I do that always with my friends. Oh, really? You know, I yeah. mean, like accidentally, right? Right, right, right. Like when I was a high school student, I always and that, did Now it. you all know what kind of guy so yeah. is. Like, hey, man, you know, you, let me tell you about this new JSON article I read. You know, like. <laughs> and like, yeah, when I was a high schooler, yeah. I did it to my sister. Oh, right. Really? Like, they're like, like complex math problems I cannot solve. Right. And I, you know, bring it to my sister because my sister is pretty smart. Right. And then like, like. And then, like halfway through, I'm like, ah, I know. Sorry, I know. I know how to do it. Right, you know? right, right, right. And then these days, I do with my hacker friends. You mm, know, like mm. Ryota, for example. Right. I can send a message on Discord. Mm. I'm like, what did it? What? What this is? I don't uh, understand. Right. And halfway through, I'm like, sorry, I, I understood do understand. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great when you've got friends on other time zones for that too, because they won't re- <laughs> they won't respond right away, and then you they'll just wake up to a barrage of messages like. Oh, dude, this is the weirdest thing. I can't figure this out. What is going on? Here's what's happening. Oh, I got it, actually. You know, like, so that's good. Um, so, what do you think? I mean, do, do any other? Um, so, essentially, the goal of this this sort of portion of the podcast is to try to equip the listeners with techniques that they can use to help other people, their mentees grow, or mentees themselves, how they can help grow. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any other things that come to mind from your experience? Um, you know, working as a mentee or collaborating on y'all's bug bounty growth together that, uh, that come to mind, any techniques or thoughts? So for me, I think like, like all like these, like teaching styles Mm. or even like tips that you gave me really helped me for sure. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's about me, right? Mm -hmm. If I want to improve myself, I have to work hard. So I think, um, what I learned from you the most would be like, you know, motivation, curiosity, mm, mm. you know, just, you know, stick to itness. How did I convey that to you? Was it an example or did, was it something that I said with words? Because when we, when we hack together, sometimes you become unresponsive for like four hours. Like. <laughs> 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 and that's like, seriously, um, that was like, I think one of the most important things to me. Well, like, of course, like, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think I learned a lot of 
tips, like mm. really great things from you. Mm. But for example, like those things, if you push hard, you can kind of hard like find them on Google sometimes. Right, right, for sure. But like in terms, I learned, I learned them from Google. Yeah, normally. right. Yeah. But in terms of like curiosity or like this attitude of like stick to your computer for 12 hours mm -hmm. so you find some vulnerabilities that's mm -hmm. like i think the biggest thing i learned from you that yeah i think it's different seeing somebody do it in person too yeah uh, you know that's one of the things that i've done i've learned from the live hacking events is like you know at, at least for me i typically require a um a pretty uninterrupted environment to work in you know but to, you know when it, at the live hacking event it could be a little bit hard for me to focus or or work with others right like i normally try to get my headphones on and try to get in the zone i wasn't really sure how to like actually collaborate with other hackers in an effective way but being at the live hacking events and seeing people collaborating together seeing what worked with them it makes you realize it's possible right um so it's not always it's not always the technical tips right it's not a, i guess is what you're saying you know it's it's about the work ethic and the and the drive as well. And I think you had that as well. And, and you, you brought up a great point about sort of knowing yourself um, and how you learn and how you work, right? And at the end of the day, pushing yourself to find the vulnerabilities just through grinding, essentially, right? And it, it makes me think of one um, of a quote that I remember from you working together, which was, you're looking at your screen and you're getting kind of frustrated. You're like, ah, all right, I need some carbohydrates. <laughs> that's what you said to me and i was like dude that is not how i think at all you know <laughs> like 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 I, I i um you know i'd be like oh man what what like why can't i focus right now like this is so annoying you know i, I get frustrated at that but you know from your own i guess from studying experiences that that you're like ah you know what this feeling i know this feeling i've i've felt this feeling before this is me needing to have carbohydrates <laughs> right um so how do you, I mean, is that something that just kind of came natural to you or is that something you had to start doing cognizantly is starting to learn, you know, yourself and how, what makes you study best and what makes you focus best? Super hard question. Uh, we don't, we don't, we don't do easy questions here on critical thinking, my man. So for one carbohydrate thing, sweet things, that's like pretty much like Japanese saying, you know, amai mono iruwa. Like, oh, uh, really? you know, I need some sweet things. Oh, really? To make my brain work. So that's the one. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it's a I wonder if it's a cultural piece. You know, like like I guess and I guess this is I mean this is just scientifically true, right? You know that carbohydrates will help you focus in the short term, yeah. you know, right? Or sugar sugary things will help you focus in the short term, but long term it's not not the best. So if you're at the end of your like you know, studying cycle or whatever, and you're really having trouble crossing the finish line or finishing, then you could hit some carbohydrates. That's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting little <laughs> tidbit there. Maybe it, I thought you were genius, but maybe it's just your Japanese. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. Solid man. Um, yeah. So I, I think a lot of, a lot of, I guess, growing and hacking has to do with that sort of learning yourself and, uh, and that sort of thing. Any, anything else come to mind between the two of you about, uh, about, I guess, either learning environment pluses or um, learning technique? Uh, okay, so let, let me ask you about this, okay? When you work with a mentor, one of the reasons I, I won't mentor people is because it takes a lot of time, right? And I don't have time to mentor everyone. Um, and 
this specific industry is not very conducive to mentorship. Because at the end of the day, if I teach you about IDOR, you didn't learn the skills necessary to learn IDOR by yourself. Hopefully that wasn't my phone just... <laughs> but um, you, know, you don't learn the skills that you need to, to learn IDOR yourself. You learned it from me. So how has it been transitioning from uh, mentorship in Bug Bounty to self-education? And let's start with Kodai on that one, if, you're, if, if that's not too much on the spot. Because I know it's a complicated question, and it really... It really is, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think in that respect, I'm still in the process of, you know, really making that transition in yeah, a way. Developing that skill. Yeah, yeah. Really just, you know, having more self-discipline to just, you know, keep um to really stick to my computer, mm. you know, for many hours. Um can you share any tricks that you have cuz that's a journey, right? That whole mm. that whole experience of developing that that skill is a journey and I forget that journey. I don't really remember what it was like to not know how to take technical concepts mm. and break it down and you know assimilate it and bring it into my brain mm. you know um and especially coming from a non-technical background like english for you and french for so mm. um i'm wondering if there's any tips you can share for the people that are in a similar spot in trying to develop that skill in the first place hmm. and even things that haven't worked you know like maybe mm. i i tried taking a break every 10 minutes, you know, and then just discovered that that didn't work, you know, mm. and anything that comes to mind on that, on that front. That's a really good question. Mm. Mm. I think it's a really simple thing and everyone says this, but I guess like you just have to find what you love to do. Right. Mm. Like, like for the first few months, uh, when I just started to do back bounty and, first few months where I started to get some bounties as like I was telling to all my friends like you guys all gotta do this because mm -hmm. you can make money right but like from like a year ago or two I started to realize that I can do this because I love to do this you know? right it's not because uh, there's money mm. hanging there not not because of that I just do this because I love to learn new things mm -hmm. and because I think hacking is really cool and something that helps others. So that's like, so I don't like try to force myself to study further or like push harder, you know? So, so, yeah. so okay, that's true. That's definitely true. So focus on doing the things you love, the specific vulnerability type that you love. You know, maybe you should just dive deep into that because you're fueled and it's going to be so much easier. The friction is going to be less. But we all get to the point, so where we've read the JavaScript files 10 times and we need to hack this target and we can't hack it mm. and you're exhausted and you hate it. Mm. You know, and I, but okay, okay. But he does actually have a little bit of a weird saying though that, that Mariah, my wife, always says about it. So he's like, when, when somebody asks her how, what kind of person so is, Mariah says, he's the sort of person that says, the, that says this, don't you just love that feeling when your brain is so tired that you can't <laughs> do anymore? End quote. And, and so, I mean, 
do you have those moments or is it of just, course of course yeah. i have but and do you push through or do you give up i give up okay because uh i think that's one thing that's different from you because mm. i'm not full-time bug bounty hunter right. at the end of the day i have a full-time job that yeah. gives me stable income. monthly salary mm. so i always stick to what i kind of want to do mm. so these days i'm not necessarily doing black box bug bounty whole time trying to find cvs trying to you know right. understand other pe people's fine right, right stuff right. like that and whenever i feel like i don't feel like you know going farther on this path i just keep up that's that's yeah. that's really insightful and, and i think that can get you really far i mean clearly that can get you really far um and i think a lot of the bug bounty stuff that we talk about is a very grind heavy mentality and I think if you are to do bug bounty full time, you will run into those sort of grind situations. Mm -hmm. But you also have to know when to set it aside and say, "Hey, I'm actually not going to grind anymore on this. I've got you know enough bugs in my pipeline that's going to pay my bills. I don't need to sit here and shred my brain, mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure out some of this stuff that that isn't you know, necessarily relevant to." Uh, or, or is too much uh, mental expenditure, too much mental cost, mm. right? Um, for for what it's worth, and maybe move on to a different target, or maybe pivot around. That being said, I made this mistake earlier on in my career, where I would do manual testing, but I would do it wide. And I would move very quickly over the attack surface. And this is something that Douglas Day and I, um, uh, Archangel, sort of debated on a last podcast. was like, how quickly do you move on from a target? How quickly do you move on from a section of the application? And I noted that when I started being more stubborn about an attack vector or about a bug, I, um, I started finding better bugs. Mm -hmm. You know, For the first like two years, maybe, maybe not quite two years, maybe, eh, about two years, my bug bounty journey, I never found a um, a five-digit vulnerability, so a vulnerability above ten thousand um, dollars. And uh, and then when I started being a little bit more stubborn, I, and a little bit more, you know, mentally resilient, I uh, I started finding more bugs uh, that of higher impact, but I, but less bugs overall, right? Which is a definitely a mentality shift. Um, so yeah. I'm sorry, bringing it back around, Kodai. Um, did you have any thoughts on... <laughs> what, 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 what was my question now? Um, I guess, did you have any, do you have any thoughts on what things have worked for you and haven't worked for you developing sort of the mental resilience that's necessary or the ability to intake new bug bounty techniques? Things that have worked or that haven't worked, and it's okay to say no. We can move on to the next question, but um, you know, it's it's very much a process along the way, and it might not be a process that you're undergoing cognizantly. Mm -hmm. Something that's in the forefront mm -hmm. of your mind. It could rather be something that's in the back of your mind, and something that you haven't really thought through. But but the whole you know point of this is to try to bring those things to the front of our minds so that we can share with others how they might have a shortcut. So, do you have any thoughts on that? Hmm. It's really just me being kind of weird, probably. But mm. uh, I try to... Because when you do some hacking, mm. you could just be basically sitting at the desk for many hours. Mm. Just like that. Yeah. So I try to, you know... Yeah, one of the things that I 
that I've been trying to do these days is just, you know, sit in front of my computer for about 50 minutes mm. and then, you know, have like a five minute break mm. to do some push-ups ah. or, you know, squats. Right. And then... That I, work. <laughs> I've seen you, I've seen you do that with your little timer. You'll set a timer, and then you know. Sometimes I, I guess sometimes it's a stopwatch going up, and then and do you ever do a one going down, or is it mostly one going down? What do you mean? Stopwatch is I mean like you press start, and then it starts counting one, two, three, four, mm -hmm. five, and then versus a timer where a timer is. I, I do both. Oh, do you really? Yeah. So tell, I, tell me about what, what, why do you why do you use both? That's a really good question. Sometimes I, so one of the things I really is it because you're with, an absolute maniac and just switch uh, it up every time. Nah, I, okay, I, I you just, have a reason. Okay, sometimes I kind of want to keep track of what I've been doing, and you know, to sort of help myself do that um, successfully, I kind of sometimes I just want to know how much time exactly I spent on doing one specific thing mm, so mm, 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 yeah mm. when i try to do that it's definitely the timer you know uh going up okay sure. yeah but as i said i do both so i gotta yeah in a way as i said i do both mm. i'm still doing it in a really frantic manner <laughs> so yeah, is take that it all, oh, yeah. okay so <laughs> a little sporadic a little bit yeah okay yeah. gotcha um that that makes sense. I mean, but but you found that that technique helps you. And then when once you get up and you do the push-ups and you return to your work, that is something that that sort of um, for me I think would cause some mental friction and some context switch. So your brain says, "Oh, I'm working on something else." Oh, sorry, I should bring the mic with me. Oh, I'm working on something else. Uh, and then going back to the thing you're working on before, it's a little bit of a reset, right? Mm. And so I, I try to avoid those things, but I know I acknowledge that they're necessary. Um, how do you, do you think that helps increase your focus or do you think that helps you, your focus in the short term or do you think that's more of a long term, like it allows you to work more hours because you have those breaks or both? Mm. Honestly, I've never really thought of it from that perspective i just mm -hmm. thought hey i gotta do something healthy for my body but yeah definitely mm. i think i gotta pay more attention to that mm. um, aspect as well mm. so th so th for you this is more of a counteracting the the physical sitting in a chair staring at a screen for a little while yeah pretty much yeah that's very that's very important um very good so that that's some of the some of the i guess things that have worked or things that some tips what kind of things do you have to share that about my mentorship style in particular or about your bug bounty journey that haven't worked mm. um and I'll, I'll i'll toss one up there for you what kind of music do you guys like to listen to <laughs> while you're do you listen to music do you listen to sounds are there any experiences that you've had that but not loop yeah <laughs> <laughs> So tell the people about that one. So so yeah. So I think about this topic. I think I want to talk about two things. Okay. Like you know something that haven't worked, and the first one is kind of joke, which is about music. <laughs> is you know you because you keep listening exact the same music for like literally for like twelve hours, <laughs> and then like 
keep singing the same phrase for like six hours. <laughs> and then on top of that, you say like, this works, so you got to do it. And it doesn't, right? It does. <laughs> so it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a little bit. That is, I realize now that that may not be a universal no. principle. <laughs> so that, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the thing, you know, that I that I do, the reason why I do that, I've explained it to you and I'll explain it to the people as well, just in case it, it resounds with anyone is um, I tend to get phrases or songs stuck in my head. I'm very susceptible to earworms, right? Um, so when I have a song in my head, uh, it will be taking up mental space. And so instead of having it in my head, I, I opt to have it in my ears on, on repeat, on loop. And what that does is it takes it out of my head, uh, out of the working space in my head, and puts it in, in the ears and makes it so I don't have to think about it. And then that frees up that mental space, right, for me to actually do things. Um, but the result of that is that I'm listening to the same song on repeat for 12 hours sometimes, and sometimes singing the same thing on repeat for 12 hours, uh, which can drive your mentees absolutely batty, absolutely <laughs> nuts. Um, so, that, so, I mean, an alternative to that for you is what? What works for you? Or, or did you have something else to share on the things that don't work or things that do work? Well, yeah. So the second thing that yeah. I was going to say. Mention the second thing. If this, because this, uh, I think podcast is for like mentorship and stuff. Yeah. I think this is a case for like every mentorship with a absolute beginner and top guy. Okay. Is that like, so that like top hackers like you have already forgot what it was like when you were a beginner. Right. So you forgot like what was like common sense right and what is like something you have to learn right so you mm. explain something without realizing that you're like an you know, assumption is not shared by mentees right right so that but it's not just about you it kind of happens with no 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 yeah, yeah. So say say it like it's about me though yeah so yeah, this is good practice for you providing yeah but criticism. yeah like the reason why i'm not pointing this to you is because it was like the last session was like, you know, a year ago. Yeah. So I don't like really vividly remember what kind of things that was. I, I remember you giving me this feedback during our, our training sessions though, too. And, and I think that's one of the things that I, I'm glad you mentioned this because that's one of the things that I wanted to sort of bring up in this. And, and I saw you nodding as well, could I? And, and this is kind of one of the things that I wanted to extract from you too during this podcast is, is as, my phone is freaking out. As much as you can remember, um, what is, what are the things that are common sense and are not common sense, right? Uh, and and I know that that probably to this you know right now n not many things are coming to mind, um, but in as much as you can, I guess try to equip. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be specific topics, but. I guess even just equipping the listener with the ability to say, hey, there's something that I'm missing here. Like like what you just said, right? There's some assumption that you are making that I am not making and it's not clicking. Right. I think that's I think that's really good as well. So how, how do you how do you identify those scenarios? I guess, to be honest, I, I think uh, understanding on anything is not like black and white, right? Right. You start from zero and trying to shoot for hundred. Right. So that I think that's why it's really hard to identify is because so the first time you hear that, like your understanding of something is like two. Right. 
But the next time you hear that, your understanding is like 45. Right. So that's why you understand that better. Right. But you don't necessarily identify why it was there is sure. difference. Sure. And you never understand something for like 100%. Mm. I think it's always hard to say, like, what was something that I missed? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Could I, do you have any, any thoughts on, on any of that identifying areas that may be common sense to Justin that are preventing you from clicking? Or is it in those scenarios, do you often just find yourself like, man, for whatever reason, this isn't clicking? Maybe it's the common sense thing, you know? Mm. Yeah, one of the things I really struggled with, I mean, I still do mm. um, in that sense, is mm, I think, especially for beginners, a lot of the, you know, behaviors of web browsers in general, maybe, mm, mm. could be very counterintuitive. Mm. And because you're already, you know, as a mentor and a, you know, an adept hacker guy, you just know, uh, you have all the, you know, knowledge mm -hmm. and uh yeah so it's like so browser can, internals maybe like understanding yeah. like what kind of uh limitations there are in the browser and and maybe even what kind of capabilities there are in the browser yeah i remember one okay, thing i remember right, one all thing all right could i so, oh, sorry save, yeah sorry sir you need to go, go to the <laughs> file file save save state you know okay, okay. Say, all right, save so it. there yeah. was one moment Okay. Where I realized that it's not just server side and client side. You know, there is browser, yeah, client side, yeah, and server side. Right. But if you mix clients and browser, there's just a ton of things you cannot understand, especially with like a you know, cross site uh, thing, cross origin uh, thing. Uh, explain that a little bit. What do you what do you mean by that? So like, like the the client isn't necessarily a browser, is that what you're talking about? Or or what? So I don't. I cannot understand why I couldn't understand because right. now I kind of understand it. Right. But there's server. Right. There's client side. Right. And browser visits this client side. Mm, mm, right. Mm. So there are three three parties. Okay. So the representation of yeah 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 okay yeah. wow that's interesting okay so that's a really interesting representation of that to me because I I do you know and the the client side is I guess the browser for me in some capacity but really the way you've described it. The browser is the piece of software that is "quote unquote" processing the client side, yeah. right? Is that is that how you're seeing it? I mean, not necessarily, okay. but there's just one moment that I was like, "Oh, that's why there's this restriction that has to be in place to protect, you know, ah, users." Okay, because like because it's I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing that, that that's a that's a very interesting. But you way see, of right? It's kind yeah. of hard to like explain which part is important to understand, like what technologies like it's really hard to explain but just that whole concept and yeah, yeah the browser being a piece of software itself that has you know saved state right mm. with cookies and mm. and then you know a segmentation with different browser mm. tabs and different origins and stuff like that yeah. and not all of that is represented in just the you know client-side response mm. from from the server mm. right the because you could hit it with curl mm. and you'd get some data back yeah. right but the browser is a much more complex yeah, mechanic. Yeah. Is that sort of what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, yeah, I'm, I agree with that. Then same time, sometimes browser visits client side, mm. like when you use the Chrome instead of Carl. Mm -hmm. Then it then looks like there's just two parties, you know, mm -hmm. kind of things. Mm -hmm. 
and then it, it renders and, and that's yeah and then you just get confused right yeah okay that, that that's an interesting that's an interesting way of understanding it i i i think you know if i try to force my own understanding on you of that uh you know it, it could become confusing and also like even even me right now i couldn't i mean i cannot understand why i couldn't understand that three years ago mm, so right if if you know three years ago me came up here i i think i would do the same thing as as justin right did, like three years ago like you know having a hard time explaining like common sense sure yeah sure. so that's how yeah yeah that makes sense so so bringing it back to kodai sorry thank you for interjecting there so um so you were saying, you know, I guess just making the mentee in the situation aware of sort of how the browser works and what kind of restrictions are in the browser. That's where a lot of the assumptions are coming in. Is that is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah, kind of. And it's just, it's not necessarily, it's not just about, you know, web browsers. It could be just, you know, just, anything. yeah, anything like mm. multiple servers and stuff. And mm. yeah, it's so... It has been really easy for me to lose track of what was going on like mm. you know in the middle of listening to you um your explanation basically right right yeah. oh like even when what we happened used, when right sort of. and, and do you think it helped in particular when we used visual representations like oh, on a whiteboard yeah yeah that was that was big for you yeah that was a massive help okay gotcha good look, look at that guys <laughs> some good some good feedback don't listen to uh to songs on loop for 12 hours, at least not over, you know, speakers rather than in headphone. And uh, try to be aware of the common sense bias, right? Also, like, I yeah. think I have another solution for me that I found is, so these days I work a lot with Ryota, who is, yeah. you know, obviously another super good hackers. Mm. So he does a lot of things to me, like where, you know, there are like a lot of, you know, common sense gaps. Yeah. And what I do all the time and what, he says to me all the time, he's like, okay, let's just stop this and, you know, just, you know, put this aside for a few months. And then I come back to the same same concept like th three months later to see if I understand that, you know. And, like, and that, that, that works? Yeah, that works. We kind of we give up understanding that. Like, he kind of give up teaching me that and I kind of give up understanding that. And two months later, I'm like, oh. Why I didn't understand Dude, that, you know? That, that's another solution. That is, uh, that's so foreign to me. Yeah. I would never, ever, 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 ever do that. You know, like that, that and this is great because that, that's a brilliant segue into the next section that I wanted to say, which was like, how has it, has your, you know, and I'll, so I'll let you, I'll cue this up and let you guys think about it for a second. How has working with other hackers um, influenced your hacking? So, you know, for you, maybe that's so. Uh, or or any other hackers you've collaborated with, you know, being near the live hacking events, or maybe it's just me. You know, I don't know how much collaboration you've done outside, but so you've done, you know, some other collaborations. How has that been, and what things have been different that that you've learned? Now that crazy ass thing you said a second ago about Ryota, <laughs> dude, I can't I can't even process that because like, for me, if I let something like that go. All the all of the working memory, you know, all of the data in RAM just just drops, right? And and sure, maybe I'm a little bit more of a mature hacker, you know, a couple months down the line. But man, maybe it's just the stubbornness too that I just don't want to let that thing 
even temporarily defeat me. I don't even want to lose the battle, even if it's going to win me the war in the in the long run. And actually, this this correlates me. This may just be my personality too, because uh, I know you guys know Mariah and and how Mariah and I work. But let's say Mariah and I are having an argument, right? In the moment, I'll be like, "We got to fix this right now," you know, and and we just got to talk this through, and then we'll just be back to normal, and everything will be better, right? Um, but for Mariah, sometimes it 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 say, "Hey, we need to take even a five or ten minute break." And just breathe, and then just come back to the situation, right? I see that. Where is <laughs> I can picture that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I, I would never do anything like that. So uh, it's good to see. I mean, so that's great to hear that you found other, you know, other mentors or other, you know, hackers to collaborate with that have also shared with you other ways of, of, you know, growing and finding essentially uh, a scenario where it's like okay, well, hey, you don't understand that now and that's okay. But let's come back to this a little bit and maybe putting a reminder on your calendar or on your to-do list or something, say, revisit this topic. Yeah. So, okay. Hopefully, you haven't been too engaged with what I'm saying and you've been thinking about what what other hackers you've, you've worked with a little bit. Um, could I, do you, I mean, why don't you start? Because I'm not, I'm not sure, you, do you have other hackers that you've collaborated with? Obviously so, but besides me, um, not really. I mm. mean, uh, Soma. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, another friend of ours. Uh, he was actually on probably the episode ten of this podcast. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think only him really mm. outside of you know, not outside. He's still inside of this inner circle. Right, but... <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, so, Soma. We 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 throw him. He, he's in software. <laughs> it's a little different, you know. Yeah. Something's a little bit wrong with him. Um. Uh, yeah. So okay, you've worked a little bit with uh, with with Soma, um, mm-hmm. but besides that, mostly just me and so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be an interesting journey for you to see. You know, as you start collaborating with other hackers. Mm-hmm. So you've worked pretty heavily with uh, with Dozo Tote. Um, you've worked pretty heavily with Ryota and and some other hackers as well. Um, Ryota and I are very different. Uh, anything? Any uh, any sort of I guess I almost want to say culture shock, but anything, you know, what, what are some things that have worked better with you with Ryota eh, or that have worked differently with, with Ryota? Obviously you've got the, the Japanese piece, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that in terms of mentorship or is, is this in terms of like generally? In terms of general hacking or mentorship. And then also, yeah, maybe, maybe actually take a second to talk about the bilingual piece of this as well, because you know, we tried to do, it was actually a part of the way that I picked up Japanese was trying to teach you hacking in Japanese and you correcting my Japanese and that sort of thing. But that's a very slow and painful process to try to hear a non-native speaker explain stuff. And also there's a lot of English terms, right? So um, how has it worked with you being, having a conversation with Ryota in your native language uh, and how has that helped you understand things or get a better grip on on stuff? So, uh, for one, I guess, uh, you know, having um, training with you in English and Japanese, mm. I, I didn't really feel like language barrier. Mm. And like, this is actually maybe just about me, but like, for example, if I read some document in English and then later visit the same thing translated in Japanese, mm. especially with a 
like technology thing、mm. is easier to understand in English because everything is from the not always from the states, but everyone writes their writes up in English. Ah, so the original is in English. Yeah, and that because of that, you get the nuance better. Yeah, so there's some friction in terms of language, but if I read a、um, translated version, I have a friction of translation in my mind. So、mm. it's not necessarily a huge barrier. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you've worked with Ryota,、uh, obviously you're speaking Japanese with him.、Um, do you think you've been able to understand concepts any better when Ryota explains them in Japanese? Or、um, I guess he explains like super hard things.、So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I really appreciate that he speaks Japanese.、Mm. Of course,、uh, one because we can, I, I can understand. I mean, like I can get any nuances、mm, better in、mm. Japanese. I don't know. Just in terms of technology and techniques and stuff, I think it's not necessarily the case. Maybe like、mm. if someone can speak Japanese, it's easier to you know get along with better. Because it's hard. It's hard facts most of the time. It's not like nuance a lot of times, yeah, yeah. right? You know, so I I guess that that sort of makes sense as well. And and you guys are to the point, you know, where you're fluent enough in English, obviously, because we're doing this podcast in English. Where, you know, most of the hard facts, most of the you know pretty straightforward, you know, things that don't have a lot of wiggle room,、uh, those those come come through pretty well, I'd imagine.、Um, any other any other thoughts? So on collaboration with other hackers as you move sort of. Out of this mentee stage into full fledged collaboration. I, mean, I guess like with Rota, it's not really like a collaboration. It's kind of same as you, but like the big difference is I think you're you can do both black box and white box. But I think you have more experience on black box. I think Rota is the opposite. He can do both, but his strong is a white box. So I whenever I learn from from Rota, I learn something different. From like what I learned from you, so yeah, I think that's another big difference, I guess. So, how did you establish that relationship with Uriota, where you were getting that information back and forth? In the beginning, was it you messaging him a lot, or did he sort of pursue you with?、Uh... I mean, it's always me messaging, like <laughs> spamming Uriota on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think there's a lesson there, right? Well, what's that lesson? If you find some someone really good at hacking, just spam them. This <laughs> 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 joke. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, solid. Think, well, like, like seriously, there are many people like you know really generous in this industry.、Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Like, I'm serious about、mm-hmm. that. Like, like you, Realtek. Like, I mean, Realtek get like zero yen or zero doll, dollar dollar、mm-hmm. if you prefer. Yeah. But he still answers a lot of questions. So yeah, yeah. That's really that. That is、yeah. cool. And 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 I guess. Um, you know, like you said, spamming.、Uh, I, I think spamming is not exactly what you're doing, right? You're, you're, you normally, in my experience with you, despite there being a lot of messages, those messages are pointed and they are specific and they are good questions, essentially, right? Not, not stuff that you w- would be able to look up on Google or things that you could ask, you know, ChatGPT or whatever, right?、Um, and uh, And because of that, I think I think that makes it a lot easier for us to answer, you know, those things. So I think that's good.、Um, all right, let me see. Let me see、uh, where we're at here.、Uh, we're doing another mobile recording, so it's a little bit 
outside of the normal flow of things. All right, we're at an hour 10. Um, let's see if there's anything else that uh, we want to talk about here. Um, yeah, so this last little sort of section is kind of reigniting the the uh, mentorship uh, of sorts, okay? And kind of talking about where you guys, let's talk honestly about where you guys are at in your uh, hacker journey and what kind of things you would like to change or grow in, okay? Um, so since you've got a little bit more experience, I'm going to let you think on that one a little bit. Kodai, um, would you give me a little bit of a summary on what kind of things you're you're working on or what kind of uh, weaknesses that you'd like to try to overcome right now? Sure. Um, so what I'm currently working on is I basically... I'm in the process of trying to have a more comprehensive understanding of uh, common vulnerability types because I only know uh, just several vulnerabilities. and access control pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm working on that. And because of, you know, lack of knowledge, mm. I sometimes try to do some bug bounty, mm. but cannot really go super deep mm. like into one program so in a way maybe it's i feel like it's making it easier for me to sort of almost move on because mm. hey there's not much i can do that i understand yeah yeah so so you know whenever that happens i try to you know kind of revert back to port swigger or something mm. and or you know just reading some reports mm. and like how hey this one you know, other vulnerability works. Like recently I studied SSRF and stuff. Mm, mm. Yeah. So starting to get a grip on those slowly, slowly mm -hmm. but surely. Yeah. And, and and so when you when you get into a program and you start hacking and then you're you know, you're not finding vulnerabilities, could you describe the feelings that are coming up and that and, and like the is there frustration there? Is there do you feel confident in your direction that you're going? You know, how how is that? I know, I know. I, I, I will say, I'm asking you guys to be pretty vulnerable here because there are a lot of people that, from our side, uh, as the hacker side, genuinely want to help, you know, people to grow, right? And there are a lot of people in your shoes that genuinely want to grow and they want to overcome these sort of feelings that they're having. And I think knowing that there are other people experiencing those things and overcoming them, as you guys are, I think that helps. Mm. So uh, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot with some difficult questions about yourself and your current journey but uh, i think it's it'll be helpful yeah um sorry no. uh i haven't really in a pragmatic sense implemented this method yet mm. but um yeah the feeling of hey maybe there's not much i can do that i understand mm. that definitely makes me um you know frustrated and lost to a mm. degree but mm, mm. sorry what was the question again yeah yeah no no i, I guess so that 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 makes sense you know lost to a degree right yeah. and 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 so i guess what what are what are some other things uh, that are sort of coming up mm -hmm. as you're as you're going through that and how does that affect your journey like do you leave the mm -hmm. computer frustrated or 
and how do you sort of process that? Uh, what kind of stuff's coming up? I do leave my computer, kind of yeah. frustrated. Yeah. But, um, but I, I'm aware that there is a need for me to, you know, in that sort of situation, at least lay out, you know, all the things that I've already tried. Mm -hmm. Good. And, and then move on or still, you know, stick to what I was working on. Mm. Yeah. How much time are you spending on a target before you move along, go back to education? Another great question. Um, Just a ballpark's fine, you know. I, I realize you're probably not recording this, you know. Did four hours on this target today or whatever. No. I probably should. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be helpful. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It could be yeah. sometimes super, I guess, unnecessarily long sometimes. Mm. Yeah, just for almost a week. Yeah, so yeah. like Although roughly I, 40 I, hours or roughly 30 hours in a week? Yeah, or? like roughly, yeah. 30 to 35 hours a week okay. like although i don't really have you know i don't even understand right. many types of vulnerabilities and, and we've kind of talked about this as well as like you know you're going in there you're spending time in the requests reading the requests right mm -hmm. trying to understand what's happening and you know maybe you'll leave that situation frustrated that maybe you haven't found a vuln but every single time you read a request and you try to understand what's going on you're gaining reps mm -hmm. you know you're you're it's like, you know, it's like you're doing the workout, you know, and, and you're you're becoming stronger at un analyzing requests, understanding what's happening and reducing that friction to the next time you try an attack vector. Um, so, yeah, I think I think 40 hours um, on a target, uh, you know, I think, like you said, that that's probably or, or 30, 30 to 35 is what mm -hmm. you said. Um, probably probably a tad bit long without without, you know, having more direction or more it's probably about right you know about but maybe on the long side if you've only got two two vulnerability types right i mean would you you're making some uh sort of agreement sounds so do you do you agree with that or do you disagree with that like do you think that's long for him to be on a target at this point in his in his journey i mean i actually was uh, thinking from pretty different perspective mm. which is that so i think like the biggest difference uh, between you and us mm. is like we really lack a lot of basics mm. so sometimes I feel like the reason why I don't find that they, the same amount of access control bugs like even mm. in idors as you it's not because I don't have enough reps mm. but also because you have generally better understandings on like different things and I don't know how they're mm. all connected mm. but the kind of same argument as you know better hacker knows like how to how right. to call stuff so and, and, and so i guess that basic knowledge are are you saying that that's something more like so i'm able to extract more attack surface out of the 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 program or out of the application or do you think that's actually like you know basic knowledge yeah. as in like for example um, because at the end of the day, IDORs are IDORs. You sub the IDs, you, you know, you yeah. figure it out. We all know how that works, right? You know, the reason you're not finding the IDORs is, is there's two reasons. One, you didn't try the request. Mm -hmm. Two, you didn't find the request. But for example, if you take a JSON, for example, yeah, um, the first few months, I didn't know that swapping, you know, key value stuff 
really make most of the time no difference. Sometimes, right. of course. Right. But if you have like completely different keys, yeah, and then swapping them doesn't really affect anything. Sure. But I didn't know that. So I think I would I had tried, you know, swapping them mm. at least once. But it's a waste of time. Swapping, swapping meaning what? Like ch- changing the order of yeah, the keys? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's very limited scenarios where that that you know. Has yeah, some impact. but it's like a test. You know, right? Backslash n, maybe that works. But right, test right. one, test two, I don't know. Right, right. Kind of. So then I waste time there. The same like for cash behavior. Sure. Sometimes you say like oh, this is dead end, right. but I just you know keep pushing forward mm-hmm. for like another hour. To realize that this is the this is actually dead end. Sure. So then I kind of start to think like maybe I have to increase like general understanding of cybersecurity, mm. computer science. So yeah, yeah, I think that that's what I was. I thinking. like how so many of your examples are about JSON pollution right now, <laughs> because you read that article recently. You're like, oh no, well, yeah. yeah. Also because uh, you you um, brought up JSON as uh, the the first thing I learned. Right, right. Yeah, so ever course. since that day, he's been obsessed with JSON. <laughs> um, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, having some things that you don't that you, you've got to kind of figure out for yourself are dead ends, you know, and, and also testing the assumptions. We talk about this a lot on the podcast, but everyone has their own set of eyes, right? And I can tell you so that that's a dead end. But until you've gone down that path, it's hard for you to know that that's a dead end. And that's the hacker mentality, right? Because every time you, you try to, you know, go to slash admin, you're going to get 403, right? But you can't trust that 403, you know? Uh, and you got to try admin slash. You got to try admin percent OA slash. You know, uh, you know that too. If you know what it's like, you know what backend is like. If you have ever seen like Nginx configuration once, right? You might think about that, right? But if you have never seen that, a great point. It's just a waste of time, yeah, because you don't know how things could get wrong, go wrong. So, so I, I guess the thing that I was, I was. So I guess bringing that back around to Kodai's situation, you know, spending 30 hours or 35 hours, you know, with two two vulnerability types. I think there's sort of a, a blog post that I'm working on with essentially a, a percentages scenario, uh, you know, layout where I say, okay, you know, after you know IDOR, access control bugs, XSS, uh, CSERF, um, and then, you know, maybe a couple other things. You should be spending 60% of your time hacking and 40% of your time learning, right? Because those bugs make up the majority of, you know, the bugs that are found, right? Um, but, it, you know, Kodai is not quite at that spot yet. So I think, Kodai, you might still be at like an 80-20, right? Where in a week you're spending, you know, 80% of your time learning and then 20% of your time actually hacking. And as that continues to grow, you know, as you, you, you know, you're, your vulnerabilities that you're comfortable with continue to grow. That's when you sort of increase the the attacking, uh, the actual hacking piece, the hands on the keyboard piece. Does that make sense? Does that resound with you? Yeah, it does. Mm. Uh, you should grab the mic for that. <laughs> we we only got one mic. Sorry about that. Does that resound with you? It does. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that might help reduce frustration mm. and help increase, you know, uh, feeling of of progress in in bug bounty. Mm. Yeah. Um, what kind of vulnerabilities right now? You mentioned SSRF. 
Uh, has that been your primary focus for the past couple of weeks, or are there other vulnerability types you're learning about? Um, XXE injections. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, and I also try to look for some CSRFs as well. Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. And, we did cover and, that a little bit. Yeah, together. and a bit of XSS. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Good stuff, dude. Yeah, and I guess that's about it. Nice. Keep at it. Uh, for those of you listening, I just gave <laughs> Kodai a little little fist bump, and it kind of kind of hurt the knuckles. All right, all right. So, 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 talk to me a little bit about where you're at in your journey. What kind of things you're trying to improve on, and what kind of stuff you're trying to, um, uh, yeah, grow in. What's working? What's not working for you right now? I guess I'm like these days, like ninety percent learning, ten percent hacking. <laughs> yeah, the oh, re- besides your job, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. The reason for that is because. So like it's like sixty forty ratio. Yeah, I think that really works if you want to become a good back bounty hunter mm. as fast as possible. Mm. But now my goal is just you know have fun learning new things mm. and trying to like put that into practice, like mm. try to apply exploits that I found in a wild stuff like that. Mm. So I do more of like reading blog posts, like you know reading a Twitter Twitter feed. And also, like in reading CVs, try to find CVs, and sometimes do bug bounty, and then try to apply all these things that I learned in like uh, in the last two weeks or three, yeah, into practice. That's like yeah, what I do. That's pretty solid. Let's let's uh, let's call some shots here. Where do you want to be in uh, in two years? Where do you want to be in two years careerially? And where do you want to be? Um, you know, I guess t- from a technical perspective, what things do you want to understand? What kind of bugs do you want to be finding? You know, what kind of research do you want to be doing? Similar things or? Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I show, show, show the shirt. He's wearing yeah. a shirt right now that says thinking and then has a loading bar that's halfway, halfway done. That's great. It's really hard. So one, I, there are a lot of things that I learn. There are a lot of blog posts published like every mm. day. So like on a daily basis, I don't really have like specific direction to go. Mm, I just mm. have a lot of things that I learn that I love to learn. So I just do it. And just really vaguely, I think it'd be really cool if I can do something like what people in asset notes do. Mm, mm. Like their blog posts are like just crazy, Phenomenal. right? Yeah, we all we all <laughs> right. Everyone, <laughs> we would all love to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. like at so at some point, it'd be really cool if I can do. Kind of same thing, which is you know finding like crazy exploit on like big yeah vendor. So semi sort of semi white box security yeah. research, yeah. right? But yeah, black box is cool too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and what Asinode doesn't does is not necessarily white box, but they try as best they can to make it white box, right? They try to get as much as they can to get their hands on source code mm-hmm. and do reverse mm-hmm. engineering. Um, uh, and sometimes they they have to deal with the binary exploitation stuff, mm. and sometimes they get their hands on source. Yeah, code, so that's cool. white box. So yeah. I think in terms of black box, like something like I I I can't just pronounce his name, but Yosef Samura, yeah, the yeah, Facebook yeah. guy. Yeah, if I can just oh like but in the front row, his stuff is is largely white box too because it's front end and you have front end code. Yeah, so know? I think that's maybe like something, at least a bit of source codey thing. Is yeah. what I want to do, I guess. That's cool. Yeah. So you, you kind of want to go down the source code reading and then vulnerability finding route. Yeah. Nice. Kodai, uh, I think your goals are a little different. You know, you mentioned before being able to live a nomadic life, right? You want to be able to travel around and work on your schedule. 
what kind of goals do you have for the future in in bug bounty hmm so as i said at the beginning of this podcast i'm in the process of you know applying for some actual companies right mm, now so yeah i just can't say hey i'm only right. you know <laughs> just focusing on doing some bug bounty right right of course of but, course and, and as much as i would i would I tell you all the time, man, bug bounty's the life. You know, I totally understand that. And and um, you know, some jobs allow to work remote and some jobs don't allow to work remote. And I think it's important for you to get in there and, you know, ha- have some career experiences as well. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to be limited. It, hmm. Let's just make this more broadly. Let's make it career really. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, that being said, I do still want to have the capability of, you know, um, working and living nomadically, mm. like regardless of my decisions. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, in two, let me make this question a little bit more specific. In two to five years, mm. what, where would you like to see yourself? If one of the companies that I'm applying mm. for right now, yeah, really, if one of them really like clicked. Uh, then I might just you know naturally stick to yeah to it, but mm, if that wasn't the case, I think I'd have tried to spend more time um, in bug bounty, mm. and of course, if that didn't really work temporarily, then I try to you know do more and more um, studying, learning, just like you know so does and. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. So do you do you see Bug Bounty more as a stepping stone for you, like a, as a as a, as a stair to get to a destination, you know, or do you see Bug Bounty as something that might stay in your life more long term after you get a job? I don't want it to stay in stay in my life, mm. um, because all the Bug Bounty hunters that I've seen, they're so. They're all super cool, mm. including you guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you just, you know, I just wanted to do something really badass yeah. in my life. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, really... did you say you you do or you don't want, want it to stay in your life? Uh, I would. You do. Okay. Yeah, sorry, could I, I? I misheard you there. Sorry about that. Uh, but, no. uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, my poor articulation. No, no, you're, you're good. I, we always try to, we always troll Kodai because he, he spends, so much time, you know, really articulating and speaking really well in English. So anytime I miss anything, I have to give him a, ah, <laughs> gotcha. Um, so what about you? We'll close with this one, but like, what do you think you see yourself staying in bug bounty or do you, do you think bug bounty is a training thing for you? I mean, I think uh, I'd love to stay in bug bounty and that's just simply because the, the very first reason I ditched like being diplomat course right, right. is because I thought it's super cool to, you know, be like you, be mm. like, you know, top hacker, mm. you know, finding crazy vulnerabilities and protecting the world. That that mm. sounds really cool. So I think that's the first inspira- inspiration. So I think that's going to stick to my mind. I mean, for long term, I guess. Good, yeah. good shit, guys. All right, let's do it. Let's rock it. Let's find those. Uh, <laughs> let's find those bones. So, so um, as we finish off this episode, Kodai's got a little bit of a 
of a, uh, of, of, a, of a word of advice for uh, an admonition for those of you listening on, on YouTube. What, what, what is that, Kodai? What have you always wanted to say to the viewers? Yeah, just, you know, thank you all for watching this, uh, listening to this podcast and just definitely smash the description <laughs> and leave some likes in the comment section. <laughs> smash the description. It's crucial. It's crucial. That's crucial right there.